0: Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week. A hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The marriage sabbatical. Out now, available everywhere. And we'd like to thank BarkBox for supporting the Satellite Sisters podcast. For a free extra month of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com forward slash Steffi when you subscribe to a six or 12-month plan. That's Steffi, S-T-E-F-F-I. Thanks, BarkBox.
1: We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. Remember, not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica uh it's september 19th which is just you know a good date i I love september i don't know how my sisters feel about it julie in dallas texas how are you today i'm good liz we're still recovering from
2: the very big week we had last week leon was here in dallas and may i say fort worth uh and we (laughs) had a great time
1: I definitely want to hear more about that. <laughs> Leon, was it as much fun as it looked online? It, it looked really like-
0: was. It was uh, just first of all, you know, with Julie, it's go, 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 go. There wasn't <laughs> we yeah. like had about twelve seconds of downtime, but we made every moment count and a lot of great satellite sisters came out. So we're gonna uh tell you a little bit about that later.
1: Okay. And you want to review what else we have coming oh, up? in uh, I'm happy
0: fish. to do that, Liz. I have the list sure. right in front of me. Uh, Liz, you went to the Emmys this week, but then you also took a tour of Shondaland, which you said was actually more interesting than the Emmys. So that's so much
1: more interesting than the Emmys. So uh, I, just, about... I can't wait to tell you about it.
0: Great. And then um, oh, we have uh, Julie have a study out, new study out about the kind of friends kids need, right from the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, they Journal.
2: just need one good friend, and I'm going to
0: explain why, and it's going to make all the difference for your kids. I was excited to get a bevy of magazines yesterday, so I have a magazine roundup. I have stories from O Magazine, Coastal Living, and Health that I want to share. Uh,
1: those are three great <laughs> magazines. I love all three of those magazines. I do too. I do. Coastal to Living, I buy. That's one of the ones I buy in the supermarket.
0: <laughs> I I just just I subscribe. I don't live on the coast, but I I want to live on the coast. I can live on the coast in that magazine. <laughs> and then finally, once again, Starbucks has ruined Starbucks. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, why do they keep doing that? They have a good thing. They just. They just need to stop, stop making it. They're just it overthinking it, you think? Yes. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. But first, Julie Dallas, you're a very big celebrity now there. I now mean, I no am, doubt. thanks
2: to you, Lee. And Leanne came to town, and we were invited to speak to the women of St. Michael. They have a luncheon series. Uh, Leon came, and I guess the word was out that she was in town. So they got a giant crowd, which was very exciting. And, uh, and it was such a warm and wonderful audience. Uh, we loved it, didn't we? We had a, we had a great time talking with all the women that that were there. So that was fun.
0: I have to say, I've done a million of those luncheon things, like literally a million. And that was, uh, really well done. Uh, Everything about it, the box lunch, people sat down, they got quiet. We had to have some meeting notes. We had to talk about the bylaws because that's the way it is when you're having a monthly (laughs) meeting. I understand that. I was the parliamentarian. I get it. And then boom, boom, boom. Things went really well. We were in and out in under an hour. Um, but people had a fantastic time. And then later that afternoon, we went to the beautiful St. Michael's gift exchange and we had a couple of Satellite Sisters show up. We were so happy to meet Mary in person. That was really She's a nice. new listener to Satellite Sisters. We're happy to have you on board, Mary.
2: Thank you so much for listening to us. And then longtime listeners from Mansfield. Becky and Jan showed up, didn't they, Land?
0: They did. And they, I think they bought a few things, and then they swung by. They just stopped by to say hi, which was absolutely great, because by then, the exchange was out of books. We sold, we sold out <laughs> of books, first at the luncheon and then at the exchange. But the best part, Liz, you would have been proud, because we, did, we only had time for one Q of a Q&A. And oh, the, okay. And the question was, how do you listen to the podcast? And I made everyone get out their phones. And I made everyone find the purple podcast app and subscribe to us right there. Like we did not get off the stage till people subscribed. Leon, so if- uh,
2: Liz, it was like a TED talk. <laughs> Leon was just she had you could hear a pin drop in there as Leon was explaining how to find that podcast icon on your phone.
1: Well yeah. done, and You know I think a lot of people are still intimidated. The word they find strange and they just they don't realize how super easy it is. So good for you. Yeah,
0: yeah. So if you're a new listener from Dallas, because uh, I made you download, I made you subscribe. Thank you so much. We're happy to have you. (laughs) So that's good. Hey, well, I would next
1: next Friday afternoon. I'm on TV in Portland, Oregon, that show that loves you afternoon live on KATU, And I'm going to do that on TV. (laughs) And that's a, because part of what I pitched to them is an idea about how to find new fun podcasts. And so I think I'll do the little demo inspired by you.
0: I love it, Liz. I love it. So visual. So visual. <laughs> okay. Hey, well, I wanted to
2: start the show this week by doing a Satellite Sisters of the Week. You know, we have done for a long time. We used to do this all the time that we would point out people in the news or local people that had done something meaningful, wonderful, uh, something that helped other people. And I think our Satellite Sisters of the Week this week has to be the four Boston College students Courtney Silverling, Charlotte Kaufman, Michelle Krug and Kelsey Coston. You know, they were the ones that were the victims of an acid attack at the Marseille train station in Marseille, France. And you know, they're on their junior they're do, on their junior year abroad or their semester abroad program. These are young girls, you know, what a shock to to be the recipient of an attack like that. And yet the comments uh, from two of the girls after the attack just Uh, They humbled me while one one girl said she was calling for prayers for the assailant because it was clear the French police reported that the assailant was a mentally disturbed woman that was known to police, that this was not a terrorist attack, but someone with deep mental problems. And another one of the girls said mental illness is not a choice and should not be uh, villainized. And I just thought. Wow. These are young girls. You know, they have, you know, to be so thoughtful, so forgiving. uh, So, uh, you know, just, you know, having gone through something that must have been terrifying for them, I thought was was really lovely. So they are our four satellite sisters of the week. Courtney, Charlotte. Michelle and Kelsey, they're all staying abroad. They're not coming home. They want to continue their studies and we wish you well with those.
0: Yes.
1: Let me ask you that one as a parent though, Julie, if that happened to a child of yours, how would you feel about them staying abroad?
2: No, I would get them on the first plane yeah, home. Yeah. 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 I you would. would I, wouldn't. I mean, I, well, I think I would be very tempted to, I mean, yes, yeah. it was, I don't yeah. know, you know, but you think you only have one child. Do you really need to do that? And if you know, I don't know. I would I would really have mixed uh, feelings about it. But I think these girls obviously are well grounded, have very strong feelings about being over there and about the importance of international educational exchange. And, you know, they have lovely Mm -hmm. thoughts. Yep.
1: That's great. Okay, well, speaking of terrifying events, don't worry, I survived the earthquake in West LA last night. So thanks what? for calling, girls. What happened, please? What happened? Well, at about eleven twenty last night, Julie, uh, we got kind of a big shake. I was sitting in my living room. I'm not usually up that late, but yeah, I, I was up- shocked.
0: You were up that late. <laughs>
1: Well, I had been watching, there was a new show on Not Geo called The State, which is about how British kids get recruited into ISIS, and it was, so it was the premiere last night. So I'd been up until 11 watching that anyway, and then I was just doing a few things, uh, sitting on the couch, and it was just like a couple of big jolts, but things rattled. The light fixture over my dining room table was swaying, and then you think, is that just me? Is that is that real? Right. So,
0: <laughs> so you
1: naturally turn to the combination of Twitter and the local news. Uh, and both of those sources of information confirmed that, yes, I wasn't making it up. There was a um, there was an earthquake. They said this morning that it was three point six on the Richter scale and that it was based just west of the 405, which is near me, which is why I felt it. But, Leon, you didn't feel anything at all?
0: No, I I I got your text this morning and I thought, well, I I didn't even respond. I'm like <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, yes, thank you for your concern. Yeah. Well, at least I heard she was was three, six. you okay. <laughs> I, I was just don't think six.
2: we can take a whole nother natural dis disaster. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, know. I, I mean I just I mean I think we've just emotionally after Harvey, Irma, we now have a Maria there in the Caribbean. I I just, California, you just got to hold yourself together, okay?
1: I know. I I agree. The USGS, they have a thing called a shake map that you can look up. Now that I live in California, I know this. Uh, And so they said last night it was intensity four or five. So intensity four is having a strength that can awaken some people and disturb dishes. And intensity five, maybe even the sensation of a heavy truck striking a building, which is really what I thought. It could have been. It's either an earthquake or somebody just ran into my building was exactly my thought. But interestingly, almost as if I was sensing it like an animal with special powers uh, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday. Well, Liz, you have been doing all that meditation. or whatever. I
0: know. Wow. So yeah.
2: Perhaps you have tapped into some inner sensory
0: abilities. I don't know. So You're one with the universe, one with the universe now. <laughs>
1: Well, yesterday at midday, I actually reviewed my earthquake supplies. And uh
2: What possessed the, you to do that, sister?
1: I it I clearly I sensed it, Julie, that something was going on, but I Here's how I organize my earthquake supplies. You know, I uh among the inheritances I got from our mother was her rolling grocery cart. <laughs> so, the I have mom's <laughs> rolling grocery cart outside my front door. And I put all my earthquake supplies in it because I thought in the event of an earthquake, you might want to just roll away. You know, you want to be able to make a getaway. So it's kind of a you know how they tell you to have a go bag? Well, I have like a go grocery cart. And uh,
2: <laughs> But you leave it outside? You don't well, have
1: you it don't, I mean I have a little entryway in my condo. Yeah, so i I'm
2: I'm, I'm 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 aware of that. Yeah. But so what you're thinking is that it would be it's better outside than in the apartment because your apartment would get crushed like
1: there was more room there for a lot of reasons anyway so yesterday i was looking in there thinking what's in there anyway like do i have the right stuff in there and i'm not sure about the answer because the first thing that is in my earthquake preparedness kit is a um a five pound bag of dog food (laughs) so i can probably take that out at least. And then the second thing is my ER pet survival kit. I ordered, you know, that company quick care that makes up like earthquake kits for you that you can just order online. I ordered one for me and also one for Ferris. So I have it right here. My ER pet survival kit has like all kinds of stuff in it that ferris would need including like a a little toy but um there's an extra bowl in here there's hydrogen peroxide there's a whole pet first aid thing here about how i can treat him for all kinds of things um anyway that was good to have i have to decide what to do with that i assume someday i'm probably getting another dog so i'll probably hang on to that so so there was the dog food then there was the pet care kit. And then at the very bottom, there was my bag that I had ordered from the same company. So, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm pretty good to go. So the first thing I thought of last night when I saw the light fixture of my dining room table start to sway is like, Oh my God. Okay. It's got, I've reviewed, I'm ready. I'm good to go. So, uh, but none of that was called for. It was just a very light kind of jolting and, uh, and we move on.
2: (laughs) So, <laughs> well, <laughs> let us know if you have if you have any other like feelings about earthquakes. Please, l- l- you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just might want to you know post it early if you're sensing something. Uh, okay, please feel uh, free um, to share on our Facebook group. I think that would be good.
1: Okay, um, but actually, the the big thing that happened to me uh, in the last few days was happened on Friday, and I visited sort of what I would call the pretty much the power center of Hollywood or the television business now um, in the Hollywood region and that would be the headquarters of Shondaland did you guys see that I posted about this the it was
2: you and Patrick Dempsey yes we did
1: Out of the blue. So Shonda Rhimes is the most successful producer in the television business. She created Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder. Now they have a new Grey's spinoff that's coming about firefighters in Seattle. They have a new justice show called For the People that'll be on ABC later this year. And she just signed a huge Netflix deal. So there's literally no more powerful person in Hollywood right now than Shonda Rhimes. Well, my friend Suzanne who I've mentioned before, works for CBS Sports, and she directs NFL football for, uh, for CBS Sports. And the reason I've mentioned her before is because she is – the only woman who directs football games for the NFL. There are still no other women in that business. So Suzanne was here in town because she was directing the Chargers versus Miami on Sunday. So she texted me when she landed on Friday. They land and they go and they, they meet with one team and then they meet with another team and then they get their you know production plan together. But she texted me and said, hey, my friend Sarah Fisher... Who started with me at CBS Sports a million years ago now runs production at Shondaland. She's going to give me a tour this afternoon. Do you want to go? I'm like, yeah, yeah. This is when I am so happy to be sort of pretty much not working because you just ditch everything. And like, what I think I had like a body sculpting class scheduled, and I thought, okay, body <laughs> ditch it, ditch it for Shondaland. So I uh, so I jump at the shower. I get dressed. I run over. They're over in Hollywood. They're at the Sunset Gower Studios, and it was it was really pretty amazing because they have so many successful shows, and they're all in production right now. And even on a Friday before the Emmys, where I thought, well, some people must not be working because there are all these pre Emmy events. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, at Shondaland, everyone was working. Even Shonda was there. It was like. <laughs> Magic <laughs> Suzanne and I were standing in front of the building, waiting for her friend Sarah Fisher to come out and uh and who pulls up like this big black escalade pulls up, and who steps up? With? Shonda, <laughs> that is as good a celebrity sighting as you're going to get. Anyway, so, uh, so Shonda goes in. She has a lot of work to do because she has so many successful shows. But, uh, but Sarah and another colleague of hers, um, a guy who also is a producer at Shondaland, they started walking us around to the various stages. And so first we went to where they were shooting um, how, to get, how to Get Away with Murder. Hmm. And they were doing like a courtroom scene and it's fun to watch because there's the stage where the actors are. And then there's what they call the video village where everyone that works on the show, the director, the, uh, the first AD, the script supervisor, all the other people that work on the show, they're in video village watching the screens so that they can see what it actually looks like. And, um, so they, they shot a scene a couple of times And the thing that my friend Suzanne couldn't believe, and I had the same thought that she said to Sarah, is she could not believe how many women there were in the video village. On this show, female director, first AD female, script supervisor female. Everyone in the video village was either female or a person of color or both. And Suzanne said, in my whole career at CBS Sports and working on the NFL, I've never seen that. Wow! I've never seen. I've never seen well, that many women.
2: that's that's quite a legacy that she's building. Then, yes. giving all those women and you know people of color uh, the opportunities to work on prime time successful shows like that, right? It's
1: so unique. And oh, and also with my friend Suzanne was her sideline reporter Jamie Erdahl. So if you if you watched CBS Sports on Sunday and saw the Chargers game, Jamie is this is the sideline reporter. So she was there with us too, and she said the same thing. She said. When Suzanne and I walk into a production meeting, we are always the only women in that room so okay, so we see murder, then we go over to scandal, same thing, oh. loads Oof. of women, loads, oh scandal julie i you know I <laughs> took a picture of myself at the president's desk, like we went into the oh, <laughs> <Oval> de- <laughs> <Oval laughs> good, Liz. They said we weren't allowed to post anything because there are some spoilers, things, and how the set is dressed for the new president, and so. Okay. I, but someday when we're in the same room together, I'll show you a picture <laughs> of myself on the desk. Of <laughs> okay, <white so> Liz.
2: <laughs> that is amazing. I think so much of you now, Liz, because now <laughs> you had your picture taken on the Scandal set.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then so they were shooting a scene with Kerry Washington. Which is great. Not in the Oval Office, but in another uh, in another setting. So and like she finished her scene. Then she came over to say hello to Sarah, you know, the production boss. Sarah introduced her to all of us like this total score. And she like, could not have been more charming and more fun mm. and more oh, nice. Uh, she and this is just like in between takes she's chit-chatting with us and when she hears that Suzanne is from the NFL you know her husband Nandi Asamwa played in the NFL um played for played for the Oakland Raiders so there's a little bit of a football conversation going on and then she she told us a story that I thought was very appropriate for Satellite Sisters so I'm totally stealing it and repeating it here sorry Kerry Washington um she said she had just gotten back from a conference where she and Shonda went to a conference that was for black corporate directors, so African-Americans who are on the boards of various corporations uh, around the country. And they were, they were interviewed by our friend Melody Hobson, mm-hmm. uh, who runs this organization. And so I said, well, what was the, You know, what did you talk about? She said, well, one of the things we talked about is I told the story of how when I first walked into Shondaland and uh, when I was like auditioning for the job. Uh, scandal, like I saw the big sign that said Shondaland, and it was like Shondaland, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, this is not going to work at all because I'm used to things being in Carrie land.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm all about Carryland, and I just don't think she said I'd literally never worked with another woman in charge right you never have that experience being an actress where or rarely that the showrunner and the the company is owned by a woman so she said i was super skeptical we go in and within like five minutes we're best friends within (laughs) five minutes i'm like i never want to work for any anyone else but this woman she said so we and we thought we would just mention that to these directors because you know they're all of these assumptions about women not being able to work together and i said yeah i they they use the word catfight a lot right she said exactly they just assumed that it was uh going to turn into that but she said no I've never I like could not be happier than working for someone uh like Shonda with her power and uh and her vision and then one other quick story about someone we met so the the director on that episode of scandal the one that they are shooting was an african-american woman named nicole rubio and she also like could not have been nicer these people were so friendly it was like they had nothing to do in the whole world and they were shooting a major episode but she was telling us about her career trajectory she had started as a script supervisor on gray's anatomy and then shonda promoted her to be a producer on murder and now she's directing episodes of um of scandal and you know, wow! Very, That's women,
0: unusual.
1: It's very unusual. And then here's the most unusual detail, Leon. When she when she realized that both uh, Jamie and Suzanne uh, were from the NFL, she's like, "Okay, I'm going to admit something to you that I've never told anyone here in my professional career ever. My first actual job, I was a Raiderette. <gasps> she was <the> readers, cheerleader. <laughs> wow! The girls, like." Okay, that's the career trajectory you get when somehow you cross paths with someone as powerful as Shonda Rhimes, <laughs> who's willing to overlook the fact <laughs> that you a cheerleader at one point in your career and promote you. Anyway, it was just a super fun day. Oh, and one last thing. Then when we, we went over to, to the Gray's set, which is actually in a different studio spoiler alert, I cannot tell you what they were doing, except that it was an ER scene. One of the things I've always loved about uh, about grays is they just completely outlandish medical situations. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. 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 They're, they're, yeah they're
2: so, so, they're, they're, you, they can't even look at the screen. They're so gross. <laughs> some of them.
1: That is true. And they were shooting one of those, Julie. Oh. They we were they were shooting a scene in the R in the ER where I cannot even tell you what was happening mm-hmm. because it would be it would be such a spoiler. But you have you have a lot to look forward to in this uh this season of Grays. So anyway, super fun visit to like the power base and the I'm
2: surprised you left Liz I'm surprised (laughs) you just didn't hide in the corner (laughs) in video land and say I want to stay here
1: (laughs) (laughs) one last detail because it was nice to see that Sarah and Suzanne are still such good friends from you know even though they haven't worked together in years and years and years and they they were the first two women ever hired at CBS Sports Really uh, in production. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, and Suzanne is now a super successful director and uh, and her friend is off running the most powerful television production company mm-hmm. in the United States. Huh. So,
0: so, so. That's and again, I mean. it's not like they're 80. It's not like no. they're I mean, they're, no, they're you age. know, they're
1: yeah, they're late 50s. Yeah, they're. But that's that's the power of the satellite sisterhood. I yeah. know it goes without saying, but that's what it's all about, people. So super fun day, just as on an entertainment level, and then super fun, just like feeling the power of the sisterhood. Excellent,
0: I good report, good report, Liz. I had no idea. I was we spoke yesterday. I was like, oh, I forgot to ask Liz about Shondaland. We were so busy talking about yeah. work. Occasionally, we have to do that. Oh, good report. <laughs> And the Emmys, anything happening there you want to mention, or okay the, uh, yeah
1: I went to the Emmys on Sunday night. I was invited by former colleagues of mine, and the National Geographic Channel had gotten a bunch of nominations for that special genius about <laughs> um, uh, about Einstein. but it, you saw it on tv i don 't need to go into it. The only thing I will share is that I decided that my approach to going to the Emmys instead of like trying to like get all dolled up and, you know, you you can't compete with the talent anyway, but like looking, I don't need to look at like a big, powerful executive because I'm not anymore. But uh, <laughs> I just decided. I so decided, did you wear like,
0: your podcaster t-shirt? What, <laughs> what did you wear, Liz? Huh? I'm worried about this.
1: I decided my whole approach. I just wanted to look. Rested and relaxed. I wanted to people people to see me and think, "Wow, she just looks so rested and relaxed." So you and weren't that, being competitive, but you but oh, just, just on
2: so. a different vein, right? Exactly. Okay, okay, exactly. okay. You,
1: you can't compete just strictly on clothing or jewelry or hair, but the overall, I wanted people to think, "Wow, like I haven't seen her in a year because that's how long I'm, i haven't seen her in a year, and she just looks so." rested and relaxed even when I had my hair done that morning I said to my hairdresser I kind of wanted to look like I was surfing this morning okay like I want to look (laughs) I want to look tanned and relaxed and slightly beachy but still so I didn't even dress up as much as I normally would I looked really nice but I just wanted to go with the Rested and relaxed vibe, and it totally worked. So that was good. That's all I have to report on the Emmys, is that okay. my wardrobe approach was uh, was effective for what I was trying to communicate.
2: And only in L.A. could you tell your hairdresser, I want to look like I was going surfing. I've been surfing in the morning. And they would understand what that hairstyle was. Okay. Like Texas, that's not going to work, Liz. If you go into a hairdresser in Dallas and say you want to look like you've been surfing all morning, forget it.
1: I did go out and buy some new shoes because the shoes, you remember four years ago at the Emmys, it was the night of the exploding shoes for me. Yes. And yeah. so I knew it was too risky to to wear shoes that were too old or too tall or too anything. Mm. So I, even my shoes were very rusted and relaxed. They were espadrille wedges. You see what I mean?
0: <laughs> espadrilles. <laughs> wow. Okay, Whoa. No,
1: there, there were no Jimmy Choos. There were no, no, it was espadrilles. So that was my statement and, uh, with purple toenails, right? Yeah. Rested. Relaxed.
0: Yeah. Very relaxed. Yeah. Very relaxed. Okay. That's, that's showbiz for me. All right. We're the satellite sisters. We're going to take a break to thank some sponsors, but coming up when we get back, Julie has an article from the Wall Street Journal about how your kids, they don't need to be popular. They just need one good pal. And I'm sure a lot of us are thinking, oh, I wish I knew that in high school, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the satellite sisters stay with us and thanks satellite sisters for supporting the people who support us
2: Leon and liz you know that i've moved a lot in my in my adult life Uh, uh, and which meant which meant my kids had to move a lot too and we had to move when my kids like in the middle of a school year and I used to always just feel so terrible. You know, it was just and I, and I was always so worried and we'd get to the new location. And I'd be like, oh, please, oh, please just let them find one friend, one one kid that they can hang out with. And then they don't feel, you know, so terrible to be the new kid in the class, to be coming in the middle of the school year. And so, of course, when I saw this article this week, it just brought it all back to me. Uh, it was in The Wall Street Journal. Written by Jennifer Wallace. And the title of the article is Children Need Close Pals, Not Popularity. You know, a lot of times I think parents think that, like, you know, your kids and you want them to be very popular and have a big social network. But now there's a growing body of research that suggests just having a one close pal and having an intimate friendship with that one close pal that can have a lot of long term benefits. They can lead to higher self-esteem and lower levels of anxiety and depression. You know, isn't that Mm -hmm. that all you need is just one good friend to help you out. And that, in fact, if your kid, if your child is trying to be really popular, the skills to become pop Sometimes are at odds with making good friendships, and they explained that, for example, sometimes popular kids engage in what can be considered unfriendly behavior, like putting people down or gossiping. But really, what you want your children to have is just a pal, just one person. You know, I mean, my son Will had Jack, and you know, that's <laughs> I, as soon as he met Jack, I was like, thank goodness for Jack. You know, yeah. but yeah. they were. They were just as long as they have that pal, then they felt better and that they could navigate, you know, all the social interactions that go on in the school classroom. So it's a lot. And they were saying this, this article said that there are things that parents can do to help your child if they're having difficulty in establishing close relationships at school. They suggested four things. First of all, that you should gently try to bolster their conversational skills, you know, that like when you have, so a how do you do that? A, well, instead of like, when you go up to your friend, a provincial friend and they say, you know, well, hi, how are you doing? You know, if you just answer great, then the conversation doesn't really go anywhere. But if you can, stretch it out and say hey yeah it's going great because i did well on my biology test or it went great because we don't have any homework in math tonight just stretching it out keeping the conversation going can really help kids you know to uh, uh you know to to engage in conversation with other kids and hopefully make some connections that way so that's something you can do at home so when they say how was school today and they say fine you know, that's there. Well, that's a bad question to ask. Kids anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it's a natural yeah. question. I can recall right. watching Colin do that. People would come up and ask him something and he'd give a one word answer. I was like, could you say a little more like they're being nice right. to you? It just.
2: Right. That's it. That's like yeah. picking. Well, sometimes kids don't pick up on clues. And right. that's the second thing. Reading clues that children need to recognize the nonverbal clues such as the tone of voice or the facial expression or body language. but And for parents, what they can do here is kids that spend a lot of time on electronics, they miss out on picking out on social cues. So if you really want your kids to be a little more sensitive to some of the nonverbal things, this article is suggesting that uh, that you you know that you limit the amount of interaction they have, electronic use, so they're not always on their phone, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: So, but isn't that a way like for some kids, the way they relate to each other is just playing video games with their buddies, right? Yeah. So that must be hard because that's that is their chosen way of of interacting,
0: right? Yeah. And in general, kids today don't spend as much time together with their friends because they're together with them online. Yeah. So, you know, I've seen that at college campuses and you go and you're like, where is everybody? Like they used to, when you used to have to go see your friends to see your friends. Yeah. (laughs) You know, used to have to. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And now like they're all sitting in their room, like face chatting, you know, FaceTiming each other. So that, but so they think they're seeing their friends, but it's just a very different social interaction. Yeah. You have to get them to put down the screens if you can. It's hard. It's a challenge.
2: Right. And this is hard. And this, the next one is sort of gauging the level of interest from the other person. Like you don't want to just spill the beans on everything in your life. The first time you met that person, it's what they call building rapport with intimacy management. Meaning that if you have a new friend, you should kind of start with the superficial things Class schedules, etc., and then move into some of the, you know, the more personal things that are going on in your life, before you just download totally on everything in your life.
0: Yeah, like so. my mom's a controlling freak. That you should wait to show. <laughs> <laughs> Who tries to teach me how to talk to my friends? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And this
2: one I love. that was the best, is practice forgiveness. That all friends make mistakes. And that if you see your children, you know, children, if they're like, they're, you know, shutting people out because something happened, you know, some. this is when as a parent, you can counsel the child that like, maybe it wasn't deliberate. Maybe they didn't expect that to happen, to let them, you know, if the other child is genuinely sorry to accept that, encourage the child to accept that. I think practicing forgiveness is a, is a wonderful thing to do, but This was uh, this was a nice article. I mean, it's a little too late for my kids now, you know, but uh, but I hope it will help other parents when they're like watching their kids trying to settle into a new class or a new school or new situation that if they can just, you know, get that one pal, that's uh, it really can make a big difference long term, which is which is amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. I saw that too, Julie. That was interesting. Like if you connect at 15, you're going to be healthier emotionally at 25. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. So I thought those were good tips, too, for any grown-up. I mean, all all those things like, (laughs) Uh you know, a little bit of good small talk, you know, not oversharing, but and then practicing forgiveness. We all do that. We all jump to conclusions about people based on tiny incidents. So, uh, all right, excellent. That, That was a good report. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Thank you, Liam. Um, Yesterday, I got just a flurry of magazines. Uh, I love the middle of the month. That's when all my magazines come. And so I got Coastal Living. I got um, Health Magazine with the beautiful Padma Lakshmi on on the cover. And uh, I got Oh the Oprah Magazine. So I pick one story out from each magazine just to give you a highlight of the range of things in these wonderful magazines. Now, Coastal Living, if you're not familiar with it, It's just a magazine about living on the coast. I know that sounds obvious. (laughs) It it doesn't feel feel like that could be a whole magazine, but it is a whole magazine. It is. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of... And the coast by coast, they're generous. If you live around a big lake, that's called a coast. It's like... Your home plus water equals coastal living. So it's a good magazine if you actually live on a coast or just someone like me who lives inland in a desert. And you, you re- recall what water looks like. And you want to let that, a little more of that into your life. <laughs> but the fall issue is good. Delicious fall escapes. Nova Scotia, the San Juan Islands, Venice Beach, Jacksonville, Vancouver. So you can see they cover a lot of coastline. Uh, there's always decorating, Liz. All the decorating tips right include seashells. You know, I know. <laughs> pillows with seashells on them, and colors. You can you never want.
1: have too much seashells. I'm such or a sucker for that kind of stuff. Maybe I really have to hold back because it all looks so really rested and relaxed. I, I think know. is what it you know, always looks in that magazine.
0: The color, right? The color schemes to almost every house or article: blue and white. You know, it's just, it's just. It is. It is the most relaxing magazine. They always have a lot of just drink recipes and things like that because they know you're going to be sitting out on your porch somewhere enjoying a sunset or a sunrise. I love it. So the article I wanted to highlight, they have a really good article on like Nova Scotia and Vancouver, but it's called, talk about a good way to organize your travel. How about this? Hitting the Chowda Trail. So I'm- <laughs> Oh, I'm in, Leanne. Right. Chowder tour—that yes. is a good idea. I know, isn't that a good idea? Imagine that, like just going from chowder to chowder to chowder. All right. So, <laughs> in case you're wondering, you know, maybe you're not into chowder, and you're thinking, "What is a chowder?" Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a few tips on what makes a chowder a chowder. And uh, basically, a chowder is uh, humble ingredients combined together, and those are usually salt pork, milk. A starchy vegetable like a potato and seafood or corn in a central role. Okay, so let's be clear. It's like pork, milk, and potatoes. Yum. You know what it (laughs) is? (laughs) <laughs> you know what it's and butter Leon. Like, you did buttery not, and salty i know yeah. i'm gonna get to our mother's chowder at the end julie uh which in, which involved a lot of pats of butter like on top inexplicably but it's not tomatoes manhattanites so whatever you're calling that manhattan clam chowder that's not chowder that's just clam soup which is fine it's delicious but the chowder you know is milky it's starchy it's salty it's delicious and you may be wondering where does the word chowder come from? Were you wondering that, Julie and Liz, when you heard this I article? I thinking about no, that. That no. thought
1: had just popped into yeah. my mind, but maybe that's my new instinct about knowing about things before they're going to happen. <laughs> Go ahead.
0: Okay. So one version claims that the Latin word caldaria, a type of pot, evolved into the French word chaudière like a cauldron concoction featuring seafood, and then travel the with the fishermen to Newfoundland and down the coast of Nova Scotia and New England, and chowder was born. That's one thought, Liz. However, chowder researchers in Great Britain say the source is a recipe written in the Cornish language called chowder. J A W T E R. (laughs)
2: I I like, I like, I'm going for door number two. I think it's just fun to hear you say chowder.
1: Chowder. And plus, I just think it's fun to think that there's somebody whose job is chowder researcher (laughs) because that sounds like a good gig. (laughs) Okay.
0: Julie, I think it also means that it's a good, good, it's very likely that our friend Poldark enjoyed chowder,
2: right? (laughs) I mean, Leanne, it's all about the p- puffy shirts, the tricorner hats.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's it's humble, but it's ancient and it's handsome. It's sexy. Chowder is sexy. Now you know that. And uh, and then this food historian, this thorn guy, said, beyond a certain point, nationality is more perplexing than helpful. And then he writes several sentences I don't really understand, but I thought I would read them out loud in case you understand <laughs> them. This is about chowder, by the way. But think of its parentage in terms of place, and all confusion falls away. Chowder is the natural child begotten in the great convergence of fishermen off the North American coast, where its parents somehow, somewhere, met and fell in love. Chowder isn't just something you make, it's something you do. There you go. Really? Whoa. I I mean, chowder, the,
1: chowder the verb. Okay? Yeah.
0: I can never unthink that. I know. Her parents met and fell in love, and chowder was born. So, um, again, pole dark implications. So I think you're going to want to take that chowder tour now. Am I right? Am I right, girls? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. From Health Magazine, uh, this is a new beauty trend that I think we can actually accomplish because we can't accomplish anything that Padma looks like on the front okay <laughs> no
2: no she's just spectacular she's
0: spectacular and i do believe her when she says in her closet she has clothes from size 4 to 14 i believe that and she talks about like what it's like to host top chef and every year one year she gains 17 pounds during the season some years she usually gains 10 to 15 so you see her she goes up and down she always looks beautiful padma so we can't achieve padma but we can achieve sunset eyes do you know what this trend is? Are you familiar with this? No. No. I, oh, I'm worried, Liam. I know. Is it related
1: to a smoky eye? It's, that, oh, yeah. I see.
0: I think it's easier to achieve than a smoky eye. I, I think it could replace the smoky eye because- Okay, have, so looks
1: like a rested and relaxed eye, I hope. It's, it sounds it's, like if it's
0: sunset colors, it sounds like you're going to look like you have an allergic eye. It's like a little that. bit like that, Julie. Yes. I mean, you would because your eye makeup application, it's not strong. It's not- <laughs> It's on. I thought I looked very nice last week. Lena. You look fantastic, but it's, okay. you don't take a lot of risks with your eye makeup. You know, you yeah. stick to the basics and, now, you know, and so like a taupe shadow and I, I you know, and, and that's good. Mascara. That's fine. But here <laughs> it's a rust shadow. Okay. So it's supposed to warm up your face and make your eyes pop. So it's pretty simple because it's just a black outliner, okay, on the lid and then on the bottom that you kind of, you know, flutter around with, right? You use a brush to diffuse it a little bit. And then you use like a rose gold or a rust shadow around uh, on the eyelid. Okay, that's it. It's pretty simple. So if you have...
1: rose gold doesn't sound alarming, no. I feel like I could pull that off. No,
0: no, no I think it sounds like it. I, I, it I would look boxing. like I was having a
2: giant allergic reaction. It's no, I'm not doing that. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, Liz, give it a try. Uh, what okay. color are your eyes, Liz? Hazel. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're going to want to go for more of a copper shadow than rose yeah. gold. Yeah. But uh Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just letting you know. Makeup tips over the air. This is a whole new thing for us. <laughs> it's just Thank magazine you, roundup. You know, you learn something. I mean, there's a lot to learn in Health Magazine, but that one stuck out. Because we, we don't actually do a lot of makeup tips. And then finally from O Magazine. Okay, what is what does the cover say? Seize the day. It's just a beautiful picture of Oprah. She wants us to seize the day. And Julie, is this is mm-hmm. special for you. Because I know how you feel about, well, many things that this one single piece of clothing represents. I love Adam Glassman, their style specialist there at O magazine. I think he is a is great at styling women and clothes and has a realistic view of the way women dress. So I love his page in every issue that's like Adam's style sheet. Love that. So okay but here Julie this is a single piece of clothing. All right? It is a knit vest that is belted. It is reversible. And uh-huh. it has oh I'm I'm not done. It's belted, knit, vest, reversible with uh, animal prints on one side and color blocking on the other side. <laughs> oh Liam. <Lynn. laughs> I mean Lynn. That Lynn, is- I know you want to get into animal
2: prints and I've been advising you against it. You got to go slow, sister. You got to go very, you got to dip your toe in it. I told you to get some animal print shoes. Start there. <laughs> I, I don't know about the belted animal print vest. Lynn. Reversible
0: not, vest,
1: Julie. And <laughs> but if it's, you- reversible, it's reversible, it's not so much of a commitment to animal print. No. So no. I get the idea. I, yeah, I appreciate that. Adam knows. You don't always want to wear it as an animal print, but everybody always needs a reversible Belted vest,
0: (laughs) and where where do you think you find such an item of clothing? One guess, Chicos. Yeah, absolutely, girls, (laughs) Chicos. Okay,
2: so it has everything. I'm going to go down to my local Chico store. I'm going to check that out.
1: I'm going to
0: check that out, Liam. Okay. I I mean, you may be surprised, Julie. A knit vest, belt, reversible, animal print Chicos. I mean, I this a can't lose piece of clothing. So, and it is an Adam style sheet. There you go. Magazine roundup for the week.
1: Oh, super nice. Those are some hot tips. I'm interested, again, that the eye makeup qualifies as a health tip. So that's <laughs> what I like about that magazine. Uh, that's a good point. Very, like, it's much living. better
2: than like some kind of core exercise recommendation. Yeah we, don't do I, exercise. I, yeah,
1: we need to know how to do more with what we have. Right. Instead of constantly changing what we have. So like coastal living has a very broad definition of coast. I think health has a very broad definition of, you know, what really qualifies as a health tip.
0: Yeah, there you go. All right. Now, finally, for me, um, Starbucks. Okay. Um uh-huh. uh, you know, I love Starbucks. I have a love-hate with Starbucks, but I've been a Starbucks uh, user for a long time, customer-client. I lived in Portland many years ago when they op- were opening their first stores. You used to go into Starbucks, and there was a certain reverence for the coffee experience there. Remember those early Starbucks, Liz, in the Northwest and the yeah. baristas that were very proud and took their job very seriously? And now, you know, now there are Starbucks in, you know, grocery stores, and, and and you can order a milkshake, and it's fine. Okay, right, Whatever I think Charles Schultz does, a, or whatever his name is, what's his Howard, name? Schultz. Howard Schultz? Howard, Howard. He doesn't. Charles fine job. Schultz is Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah. Snoopy. Yeah, they both do a fine job. Both the <laughs> Schultz's. Okay, but now one of
1: them is dead, I think. But okay, yeah.
0: Now they have introduced mobile ordering into the Starbucks world. All right, right. You have sure? you tried that? No, Julie, because I I don't believe in that. I believe in the customers <laughs> in the store. The whole point of going into a Starbucks or really any store like a deli where the line is in place, the line is the system, right? That's the equalizer. We all go in, we wait in line to order, we wait in line to pick up, all right? If you start to buck the system and let those mobile orderers in, you go in, first of all, it's a ruse now because you can see only two people in the Starbucks, but there are like 15 mobile orders. So you right. think, oh, it's not going to take long. So already as a customer, I'm annoyed because why is it, <laughs> there are only two people in line? How could this possibly be taking long? And then the baristas are spending a lot of time on people who can't be bothered to wait in the line. The line <laughs> is the system and the system <laughs> is the line. That's how okay, it man. works. I don't understand. Why would you make the customers who do come into your store and maybe buy a coffee mug or an extra pound of coffee because they're waiting in the line. Why do you make them feel less than than the people who can't be bothered to wait in the line? Why is that?
2: Yeah. You, you well, may raise a very good point, Leanne, because that is exactly what it's a whole different culture. And you do feel like a loser standing in line you now. feel like right? a
0: loser now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah,
2: because you are a loser. Yeah. Yes.
0: You got to get, mo-
2: you get your mobile app going. Yeah.
0: And then, yeah. I don't know. I gotta say, I I
1: might have bucked the system once. I was I was in a Starbucks in Providence, Rhode Island this spring. The line was super long. And so from the back of the line, like the friend that I was with, my, my former college roommate said, oh, just, just, use the, just download the mobile app and order. It'll be faster than, than actually waiting in the line. And See? I didn't want to do it. It seemed wrong to me, It's Liam. wrong. It is wrong. <laughs> but I did it. And it did. It is just an electronic way of bucking the line. Yes. No, I know. Line. I
0: understand it, Liz. I just don't understand. <laughs> I get it. Right.
1: You just don't want a reward system set up for that. No.
0: I mean, I just, and I have never understood retailers when you're standing at a counter trying to buy something and they take a phone call. Like oh me neither. Right. I hate that. So it's it's the equivalent of that to me. Like yes. the customer yeah. is in the store and they're engaged and they're there. And I do buy pounds of coffee at Starbucks. Like I do buy extra stuff. I don't go in every day. I'm not a day late customer. So it makes me even more annoyed. Like I'm <laughs> like, I'm here. Why does that person at the back of the line get to go before me? It wipes out the equality of the whole line system.
2: Okay. I think it's Leon, wrong. You're right. I,
0: you're right,
1: Leanne. It's hard to argue. Uh, yeah, I know.
2: Yeah. So once you find out what his la-
0: Howard's last name is, <laughs> you should write him a letter. I'm going I'm to write to him. I mean, yeah. I think he's a good man otherwise. All I right, think you'll write him a letter. He'll never read that. You better send him a text, Leanne. <laughs>
1: right, and then the coffee's I, all
0: sitting there, and it's getting cold.
1: I know that's, yeah, it's getting
2: cold. That's your own. That's your only, you should have to take that as your only satisfaction. It is true. I do. They're going to get a cold
0: latte. Yep.
2: Yep. All the foam is going to be, you know, is going
0: to have dissipated. Thank you, Julie. That's good. (laughs) I feel better.
1: Yeah, I just think they're all experimenting with a lot of things to try to make a lot of people happy. That is, you're going to see a lot of that. Okay, one last thing, as long as we have an extra minute or two. um, You know, I pick up the mail at Satellite Sisters at our mailbox. So for anyone that ever snail mails us, it does get here. And it gets at least as far as my car, as I've mentioned before. And uh, But ultimately, I open things. Yesterday, I hadn't been there for quite a while, so there were a few things that had backed up. And here's one that I just wanted to share with all of you, because a listener who does not sign her name anywhere, uh, sadly, otherwise I would call you by name, um, sent a copy of a book and a note that said, oh, wait, here's her name on the back. I just saw it. There's a whole back. Thank you, Lori Barnett of Decatur, Georgia. (laughs) Okay. She she wrote, Dear Liz and all, I am not on Facebook, so I have to reach you the old-fashioned way. That's fine, Lori. We love that. This is a book written by my husband. I thought you might enjoy it knowing you love dogs. R.I.P. Ferris. Thank you for a wonderful show. I have two sisters and have to listen to you with yours. I especially love the way you talk about your own mom and levels of wisdom. Um, And then a few more things. All the best. Lori Barnett, uh, Decatur, Georgia. So here's the book. And you guys will both love this. The title of the book is no better friend, and it 's one man, one dog, and their extraordinary story of courage and survival in World War two oh, so the blurb awesome. on the front this is this really this locked me in says the most inspiring true life account i've ever read of a human animal bond, like a canine version of unbroken, and that oh. is from. That's from NPR's Fresh Air, said that, okay?
2: Oh, that sounds great.
1: Robert Weintraub, I'll put a picture of it on the website, Lori, so you can see it on the website. You don't have to go to Facebook. Uh, Robert Weintraub is the author, and the dog's name is Judy, and Judy was a purebred pointer in a world war ii internment camp in the south pacific so i wanted to pass that along uh because it seemed like something the whole satellite sisterhood would enjoy no matter and a super cute picture of the dog on the cover
2: okay Uh, okay. sounds like a winner liz
1: (laughs) so thank you lori i'm sorry it took me so long to notice the note had turn the
0: card over (laughs) way to go way to go it's a good thing you answer the mail that is good (laughs) (laughs) So you're doing a good job on that. (laughs) Keep it
1: up. All right. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can follow us on uh, Twitter. We're at Sat Sisters. You can like our Facebook page. That's where we announce everything, new episodes, new events, and join our Facebook group. That's where you get to post what you want. So, you know, Lori's not into the Facebook group thing, but many of you are, and we love hearing from you there. Yeah, a lot of new um,
0: members this week. I have approved yeah. a lot of people. So fantastic. Welcome. Welcome. Yes.
1: So, and we do have a website at Satellite. Sisters.com. we post show notes for all of our episodes, which has links to everything we talked about. And today we'll also have a picture of the book we just talked about. And uh, also on the website, our audio archives, there's an event calendar, there's all kinds of stuff there. So just good old-fashioned website, Satellitesisters.com, check it out uh, whenever you want. So, okay, sisters, what do you got going on this
0: week? Uh, well, my son Colin's going off for his sophomore year, so packing them up oh, boys nonsense. yeah boys don't need much they're on the quarter system so they start kind of late so uh so my husband's driving him back up i-5 1100 miles <laughs> they go they're gonna try doing one day so uh oh sh- don't
1: need but they that. enjoy that
0: yeah i mean they're they're prepared for it they're mentally and emotionally prepared for it so uh they're they're going for it so that's it just get it, forcing him to get a haircut um before he goes to college <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. I mean, Good. gently suggesting that he maybe trim, trim, trim his hair before he goes to college. So, Good luck yeah. with that, mom. Get that should that. be a fun conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doing that. How about okay. you, Jill? Anything going on? I, I've gotten back in the
2: babysit, babysitting rotation. Uh, I was away from it last week when it was the whirlwind when celebrity Leon Dolan blew into town, <laughs> but I have to get back to my basic assignments and chores here. So uh, that's what I'm going to be working on this week. Liz, you
0: got anything going on? Just...
1: I have to prep for next week. Next week, I'm going to Portland, Oregon. I'm doing a breakfast speech in Portland next Thursday. And this is funny. It's at the an organization called, I believe, the Center for Women's Leadership or the Women's Leadership Center or something like that. Uh, anyway, it should be fun. But I got a text from Monica yesterday saying, I was going to come to your breakfast, but it sold out. So, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm uh i'm reaching out today to the breakfast organizers (laughs) to see if i can get a plus one if i can bring a guest my sister monica i told monica that i thought i could probably get a ticket for uh my own sister to come
0: yeah
1: uh so that's what i'll be working on today securing that
0: oh good excellent excellent all right okay well i guess that's it Okay, you to, should us. I close it out? Who wants to close it out? Sure, yeah, wrap, wrap it up, Lee, and
1: wrap it up. Anything <laughs> else? Any final words for Howard Schultz, or, no. or just, just let's just close this thing down?
0: No final words. <laughs> All right, we're the satellite sisters. Don't forget, call your satellite sister.